0: Grab some cheese curds and cream puffs. It's time for WTMJ now, broadcasting live from the Bank Five Nine Studio at the Wisconsin State Fair. Here's Sandy Max and Steve's Cafeti. Yes, we are live at the Wisconsin State Fair Bank Five Nine Studio. It's a gorgeous day; the sun is shining, a little cooler than yesterday, which I appreciate. And in our midst, in our studios. Typically, uh, we see you on Fridays. We had a special edition on the phone this week. Bill McCosh, Republican strategist. Joseph Pecky on
1: the Democratic side. Gentlemen, welcome to State Fair. Where's our fist bump? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can't <laughs> now, reach that.
2: Did, did you feel slighted? I did. I felt left out of that.
1: Yeah. Like we weren't part of the team. You are part of the oh, team. Oh, you are. And <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> I feel very exposed here. So if anybody is like, outside of the fishbowl making faces at me, yeah. that's so I will you? never know. That was a
0: strategic decision to put you... You're back to the audience. Yeah, no, so they can I like do that. all the weird stuff. I like behind. that. Gates don't open till 10, so you're safe. Yeah, you're... Gentlemen, so we, we had a pretty good go around on Wednesday about the, the Trump indictment. Now we've had the, the arraignments. Um, I, I guess my takeaway, we'll go to both of you. will start with you, Bill. I didn't see anything or hear anything that, that seemed unusual about what this is the third now go around for the former president.
1: So it was another full day of news for Donald Trump, free news. Uh, you know, the. Uh, I was watching NBC yesterday afternoon. They covered it live. I assume all the major networks covered it live. I mean, that's a big, big deal. And it means that no other candidate in the Republican primary can get any oxygen while this is going on. So, uh, you know, while Democrats probably relish all of this that, you know, Trump has been indicted for the third time from a political standpoint, as someone who would like to see someone younger and a fresh approach, uh, you know, this isn't helping us at all. Joe? Uh, I think
2: two things have stood out to me. The first is the comments of former Vice President Mike Pence, who has been you know, pretty clear uh, throughout his candidacy that he w- will never choose the Constitution over any person. He thinks that's what former President Trump was asking him to do. And post the indictment being unsealed, I thought he's been even a little bit more assertive and aggressive in saying the American people should know that President Trump didn't just ask me to pause on the the certification, he asked me to reject, to, in essence, overturn the election. And that's a new approach from Pence. I don't know that it's going to help him in the Republican primary, but it is remarkable and noteworthy, I think.
0: I, and I read his quote on Wednesday. I, th- I think that is a change. And that was when I was going to start with this because it's more than just the, the, the proceedings that happened uh, yesterday. It is marking changes or shifts and if, right. if Pence kind of starts to shift, and, I'm, and we'll, we'll get to a little bit about Wisconsin's congressman and what they have not said so far, do you sense, Bill, public's the public. They, there's a lot of Trump people out there. They, they love the former president. They're probably not going to change their minds. But as the one by one, the elected republican congressmen senators former vice presidents shift away from the former president can that signal a shift to the voting
1: public on trump at some point in time this is going to have to play itself out for a few months maybe several months for it people to fully bake this all in you know for the trump supporters they're calcified they're not moving Right, So I don't, whether that number is 38, 40, 42, maybe even 45 percent of the GOP base, which means a majority are not with Trump. And I think that's the lane that uh, Pence has decided, I'm going to go get that. Does that surprise you that he, it, he said what he said? He was an enormously loyal vice president uh, to the v- bitter end and until this event on January 6th, and he said, no more. And and he's been the most aggressive against Trump since the third indictment. People probably would have expected Chris Christie to fill that role, but he was Pence, already there. Pence lived it, right? <laughs> I mean, he was the guy on the other end of this, and he has a story to tell. And I don't think it's a flattering story for Trump or Trump's advisors, but it's not going to help Pence in the primary.
3: It could help Pence in the primary in that His campaign has taken a page out of the Trump notebook, and now there are baseball caps that say too honest on them being used as fundraisers for Pence. And Pence is what, like 10,000 donors shy of qualifying for the first presidential Republican debate. So it may help him in the primary in that sense of fundraising and being able to get more attention on stage
1: if he can get to the debate. He says he's getting 1,000 new donors per day, which is sort of underwhelming for a national campaign. I mean, that's a statewide campaign. That's not a national campaign. Can he get on the stage? I don't know. I think Trump's people hope he doesn't get on the stage because he can tell a story from a very personal perspective.
0: This race for the nomination of Republicans aside, history will look kindly on the words and the actions of Vice President Mike Pence.
1: I think that's Correct. right.
0: And he may be looking at that. Sometimes the big picture stuff escapes those of us who like to you know, talk about the nitty-gritty details that's a big picture thing that i think history will look kindly on here.
1: yeah the whole pence was right thing probably doesn't play out until 28 it's not going to play out in 24
0: we're taking a break Join at the wisconsin state fairbank five nine studios bill McCosh and joseph peckley i see you, we've got a question if you have a question for the gentleman 855-616-1620 the old national bank talking text line lots more to get to we'll get to it after this on wtmj hey everybody this is max with another wisconsin state fair fun fact did you know in 2019 over 1.1 million people went to the fair? Back to the show. Thank you, young Max, with this state fair fun fact. He'll drop some knowledge on us occasionally as we uh, celebrate the the glory and the awesomeness of the Wisconsin. I, do you guys love the fair? I do.
1: I, I love the it. fair. I love hanging out here. Absolutely love the fair.
2: Been coming for a long time. There are well, uh, old there Why are, are famous sense? pictures of baby Joe uh, <laughs> getting like, in a stroller, dead asleep, and a cow about two inches away from Aww. my face.
0: Can you tweet those out so we can make fun of you?
2: Uh, I mean, I can ask my parents if they can dig them up. Dad's
0: probably got a, a twenty <laughs> on that photo. I love that. We all have our state for our stories. We Sandy and I spent a ton of time yesterday talking about some of the fun things, and I I, I told it the quick, real quick, because we want to get back to politics. Uh, in my college days, I was known to drink a little bit. Really? So we came to the fair as we did. And, you know, back then beers were a buck or something like that. We found ourselves at one point in the uh, the. Lifestyle. Where'd you go to
1: school? There were twenty five cents at Schooners when I went.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I lived in a big city, Bill. <laughs> so at one point, we found ourselves in the same pen as a about a six hundred pound pig. I don't know how we got there. But a six hundred pound pig does not want three drunk college guys in the same area as no. the pig. No, so it was a no. little scary for a second. We we yeah. we escaped. With was that.
2: this a promotion? Like wrestle the pig for a free nah, uh, bucket no. of beers? It was
0: just an example of guys drinking too much, which <laughs> and, I've, I've and learned. And less.
2: I don't know anything about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, Bill McCaslin, a question for you. So we're talking about the Trump effect and, yeah. and what people say or don't say, and how people can stand up or support and we've seen both examples from the Republican side. I have noticed, Bill McCosh, Republican strategist, that it seems like and I, I'm really curious on what you think this means, our Republican congressmen have been very quiet on the latest Trump indictment and other details. Do you think that's by design or they just no one's shoved a microphone in their front of their face? What is it?
1: I think they're all going to lay low on it and see what happens over the next few months because I think there's a general interest, at least in the Wisconsin delegation and in the Wisconsin GOP legislature, to move on to somebody different, a new generation of leaders for the Republican Party. And, um, you know, I don't think they want to get sideways. with I mean, Trump's still in a strong position within the primary, not necessarily in the general. And Although I can, this I can defend looks like that. it's
0: going to be closer...
1: Yeah, I don't think the state's winnable for Trump. I'm going to say it flat out. Really? Yeah, I don't think he's added any voters in the suburbs where he got crushed uh, last time around. And and you can only produce so many votes in the red areas north of Highway 29 up north. And it's. I don't think the math works for him here. And I'll say that emphatically.
2: And And it gets worse because we, the three of us on our sort of ongoing text thread talked about a new poll this week, reporting from Reuters, that half of Republicans, not Republican primary voters, half of Republicans in this country, if former President Trump is convicted, say, say today, that they would not vote for him. And I believe that that number will grow through you know, the weeks, if not months, of a trial where some of this evidence is on full display. That could lead to a Republican wipeout, not just here in Wisconsin, but across the country. It could have down-ballot implications. If half of Republicans go, I can't bring myself to vote for a convicted felon who is looking like he'll be the nominee, that's
1: a political nightmare for Republicans top to bottom no question about that and the question is timing when does all this play out when does he go to court so, you know the first trial apparently is set for May of 24 that could get moved Donald Trump could use some procedural uh moves to to delay that but this is hanging over the whole thing so do we get to a point where in in the city of milwaukee in july of 2024 the rnc leadership and the rnc committee is forced to reconsider their own rules and replace a someone who has earned enough delegates to be the nominee with someone who didn't earn enough delegates to be the nominee because ultimately we want to win
0: the, the thing about that though is if that would happen you almost set yourself up to lose the presidential race cuz you're going to have so many irritated voters that said I don't like oh, yeah. that action. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can't
2: win. But right. it, it might be that to save the Republican party, they save down to, ticket. They have to That's a good point. take the presidential loss and, you know, live to fight another day. Right.
0: Um, let's take another break. We're joined by Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, live from the Bank Five Nine Studios here, along with Sandy and Steve. Um, after the break, lots to talk about. We have a Senate race coming up, and like no one, wants <laughs> maybe it. no, one, maybe <laughs> we have a Senate. I race I hear Sandy Max up. is running. <laughs> yeah. right, is that true? You're going to announce Don't today? Don't answer today? yet. <laughs> Don't answer yet. We'll find out the answer to that question. I'm, I'm going to say you're probably not going to run. Oh, that's my guess. Anyway, we'll continue the political conversation. I have some questions that we'll ask the gentlemen from the old National Bank talking text line having fun at the fair. Join us on WTMJ. We are joined from our Wisconsin State Fair Studios, Bank Five Nine Studios, I should say. Stephen Sandy with uh, our guys, Republican strategist Bill McCoshen, Joe Zapeki on the Democratic side of things. Well, there's a Senate race coming up, and um, for my Republican friends, I guess the question, Bill, will start with this, and then Joe can give us his thoughts, because his candidate, Tammy Baldwin, seems like she's just fine with whatever happens, and she's had some pretty good luck in her other races, so um, what are we doing, Republicans, for Senate?
1: I think a lot of the candidates, uh, those that are still considering, Eric Covedee being at the top of the list, Scott Mayer being, uh, I think, in a distant second position, are the only two names that are still circulating. Rebecca Clayfish, former lieutenant governor, said this week, thanks but no thanks. Tom Tiffany, current congressman from the 7th District, said thanks but no thanks this week. Uh, I think part of the calculation these candidates are making is who's going to be at the top of the ticket. Because you have this awkward situation where you may have to outperform the top of the ticket. Now it's been done before. Ron Johnson did it in 2016. Some analysts argue that he he brought Trump over the finish line in the state of Wisconsin, which produced the first Republican victory here for president since 1984. And I can I think that's true. Uh, but he was an incumbent. He was, a, he was an incumbent at that time when he did it. Now you're going to have a fresh face that would be asked to sort of drag, the potentially drag the presidential candidate across the finish line. That's a tall order. And I think people are struggling to figure out, is there a lane to do this? I think Tammy Baldwin's a tough out. I don't think it's impossible, but she's a tough out. And frankly, the senatorial committee has five candidate, five states that they have as hotter prospects than the state of Wisconsin. So I think that's another factor, too.
2: I mean, at this point, there's just no denying that whoever it is for the Republicans is like the fourth or fifth choice at best. I will add two other names, not because I think they're particularly serious people and serious candidates, but... As more and more established, you know, incumbent members of Congress say no, you're, you're seeing weird, cryptic tweets from the likes of Tim Rappthun, who ran for governor as a Republican and got smoked in a primary. All he ran on was the big lie. You've got former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark doing his podcast, making noise occasionally about you know how big his cowboy hat is. I, you know that that might be the reality, and part of that reason is, of course, the political environment. Now, people in politics, for all that we, we trash talk them, they're smart enough to sort of go, do I want to go through this nonsense if I'm guaranteed defeat? And as we just talked about, if Trump is at the top of the ticket, you could have a Republican wipeout. You could run the best campaign in American history, and it ain't going to go your way. So there's some of that, and some of it is Senator Tammy Baldwin is a really good Senator she has played her politics well she has worked more on stuff like you know making sure that components for Navy ships are made here in America making sure that make it in America manufacturing provisions are in those big you know Democrats spending uh, bills that you guys like to complain about she's doing the work she's not getting distracted by the news of the day stuff
0: that bodes well for her can we make comparisons between when Feingold was unbeatable? And Ron Johnson came in and beat him as, as to what's happening potentially with this race? Can you make those comparisons? I, I think you absolutely can because the next part of my sentence is Tammy Baldwin is also a very
2: formidable politician because she always runs like she's 10 points behind. She knows that in a 50 50 state like Wisconsin, anything can happen and she's not going to take anything for granted, even if other, you know, regardless of who the opponent is,
1: she's running to win. Ron, Ron Johnson beat Russ Feingold in a non-presidential year. Yes. We're talking about a presidential year here, and I that changes the turnout. True. Um,
0: other names that we're not thinking about, I, I asked you during the break about Sean Duffy, somebody like that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't see Sean Duffy coming back. I don't see Rachel Duffy coming back, at least not not in the near term. Maybe in the 26th gubernatorial, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but there are not a lot of other folks that are expressing interest. Don't they uh, live in New Jersey now? Yeah, that's... With the, do you guys have any candidates here. who live he in Wisconsin
2: full-time? Jeez,
1: <laughs> Listen, moving back... By the way, you don't have to be live in the state until you're sworn in. Uh, that's the law.
2: Yes, and I'm a big fan of the law, as you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's tough sledding politically that's if you're bad, running from look. California, look. Connecticut, or New Jersey. But it true. does
3: bring up an interesting point. Knowing these dynamics, and that it's ex- extremely unlikely for a Republican candidate to beat Tammy Baldwin, is there any political... Advantage to at least throw in your hat in the ring and get name recognition and getting to another level.
1: Yeah, so you could do a two for here. You could run a credible campaign in 24 statewide and lose, and then be a potential front runner for the nomination for governor in 26. So, yes, there is a twofer strategy here. Even if you're
3: the 8th or ninth or 10th <laughs> bell of the ball.
1: If you run the right campaign, you introduce yourself the right way, and people say, I like person X, and I'd like to see them run for governor in '26, which many believe will be an open seat. No, Not a lot of folks think Governor Evers will run for a third term. You guys can ask him that when he's on your show next week. Next Wednesday, 9. So there is a possibility for a twofer candidacy here.
0: Uh, real quick from the old national bank talking text on uh... from the four one four uh... i struggle with engaging the other side that i disagree with how can you encourage listeners to a better job of cooperation collaboration in these tense political times kind of a big picture question but i love it because that's kind of my goal is to have like honest conversations and we, where we don't just yell at each other which kind of has predominated the political world now what do you think
1: uh, my advice is take the temperature down you know joe and i can have a conversation we don't have to agree Oftentimes we don't agree, but we, we're not. We can still have a pork sandwich after the show, or right? elephant ear. or elephant ears. <laughs> 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 and I, what I would say is, ask
2: questions. Yeah. Don't don't opine. Ask questions. Uh, you know, and don't be afraid. By the way, to shush your own family members or members of your political tribe when they're being knuckleheads. I find myself having to do this with some of my family members. Republicans are not bad people.
1: They they yeah. they see the world a little differently than Democrats. That's okay. And, and don't be sucked up by groupthink. Yeah. Right. Just because everyone in your friend group thinks something doesn't mean you have to think it. Do your own research and use multiple sources. Don't <laughs> just go to one source for your information.
0: That's why they're here. The wisdom of Joseph Pecky and Bill McCoshen. We'll take a break. Another break. Your questions welcome. Old National Bank talking text 616 eight five five six one six one six two one. We got a lot more to talk about. There's a, there's another debate happening that. I don't know if people are going to pay attention or not. Ron DeSantis, maybe the runner-up, maybe the guy. Who knows? We'll see what happens with Trump. And then Gavin Newsom challenging Joe Biden. We'll see if that means anything to the gentleman after this on WTMJ. Uh, We're having fun at the fair, Wisconsin State Fair, that is. Steve and Sandy, uh, Bank 5.9 Studios. You can come out and see us. The CEO, of the fair is milling around the area right now. So. It would be
2: a bold move if you broadcast from a state fair other than Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> if I did, yes, yeah. that would be a very bold move, and <laughs> maybe maybe career ending. <laughs> <laughs> just just going to put that out there. Uh, your questions are welcome. We uh, we are welcoming those questions eight five five six one six one six one the old National Bank Talking Text Line. I want to just get your take quickly on this um, second debate that I think is happening on live on Fox News. Is that, is that right? Sean Hannity going to host this? He is. Um, Gavin Newsom from California, and Ron DeSantis, who a lot of folks six months ago thought would be the guy if Trump faltered, and Trump hasn't faltered, so he's kind of in that weird runner-up status whatever that means yeah what what do you make of this debate what what does it prove what does it
1: say what is it going to do i give both campaigns credit so i'm going to tell your listeners i was part of something very similar to this in 1988 steve king was my candidate he was the conservative before conservative was cool in the state of wisconsin it was an open seat proxmire had announced he wasn't running herb cole was the far and away front runner on the democratic side but former governor democratic governor tony earl was also in the democratic primary so we decided to create the royal debates between a king and an earl and we went around clever <laughs> we went around the state uh, to four different media markets and got a lot of attention now neither one of us ended up winning the primary but we had fun And it was, you know, we were able to talk issues and give people a a, a legitimate choice. And so I think DeSantis is being smart here. It, You know, two months ago, this would have been considered high risk. Can't do it. But he can't break through with Trump dominating all of the news cycles, sucking all the oxygen out. This is on Sean Hannity, who's a very close friend of Donald Trump. So I'm sure Trump has uh, let him know his feelings on all this. Uh, but I, I think it's smart for him. And for for Newsom, it might be the long game. It might be the short game. I still don't believe Joe Biden's going to be the Democratic nominee. Who's the? Why do you n- feel that? I, so I think it'll either be these uh, scandals that are brewing in D.C. and or his health. I, I think he's too old. I don't think he can do a second term. I think his health has proven to be weak at best. And so I, I think before next uh, spring, he will he will find he a way to get out. You pretty good
2: on that bicycle whizzing by reporters this week on his vacation in Delaware.
1: Like
0: that
2: wasn't serious. You, you look as good as he does with your shirt yeah, off and all that's those after cameras. a long morning nap, a few
1: pills to get him wired up and take that two block walk ride right. is
0: it the long play is it i mean that seems what it would be for gavin newsom i i think i was joking off
2: camera or off mic that i think this is the first debate of the 2028 presidential election Maybe. It may be. and i think there's some truth to that I, you know gavin newsom went on hannity pretty recently he did for an extended interview and i think hannity came away pretty impressed like oh this guy's he knows his stuff he was loaded for bear I didn't watch it because I'm not turning Fox on in my house, but (laughs) but I heard he did great. I, I don't if you're if you're a candidate for president, you're supposed to punch up or across. And I'm not sure DeSantis sharing time with somebody who's not a candidate for president is
1: a move that. Is anything other than reeking of desperation, but maybe that's where DeSantis is now. For GOP primary voters, the best move for DeSantis would be to sit down with Tucker Carlson on his podcast. That's all conservative listeners, right? But this one, I think, is a close second. I think it's unique. I think it will draw attention. It will dominate at least a news cycle. I don't know if it'll be more than that because you never know what will happen with Trump. But DeSantis has to take some chances. The reality is his numbers have gone declined from the mid 30s to you know the low 20s uh and i don't know that that's recoverable you know unless he takes some chances
2: In a in a one-hour debate with newsom how many times do you think we should expect DeSantis will say the word woke
1: like if we were going to establish a betting line like one per minute so i just got done reading DeSantis's book i'm telling you if this guy if the guy who wrote that book was the candidate <laughs> he wrote it in this race i mean i don't Understand the presidential campaign he's run. It's not who he is. It's not what his history is It's not how he got involved in politics. It's not what he believes in. I think all that woke stuff is that's a side issue It's not it's not the bread-and-butter issue at the end of the day The economy is going to be the big deal and he finally came up with an economic development plan Uh, you know so I want I want the Ron DeSantis who wrote the book about you know America to be the candidate, not the guy who's running right now.
0: What do you make? And I, I got to ask you about this. He made a comment uh, about slitting throats day one. Is that something a candidate for President of the United States should ever say?
1: Well, Trump got away with it in sixteen. Well, he got Trump away, got away with, with a lot of things. Yeah, but, you know, doesn't make it, it right. It doesn't. I, I don't think that's the right language. I I, I think listen, politics fundamentally is about addition not subtraction. You have to add voters every day. You can't subtract voters. This is about building coalitions to get 50 plus 1.
0: Here's Bill McCosh and Joseph Aki, your questions welcome in the old National Bank talking tax line 855-616-1620. We'll continue the conversation. Uh, some questions about this this came up Sandy and I were chatting about this offline about the legality or the the questions of having Trump and Pence on, a, on the same debate stage, given some of the instructions related to the indictments. <laughs> we'll, we'll dig into that one a little bit. Your questions welcome, as I said. Join us at the fair if you're out and about and you're listening. Come on and say hi. More after this. We are live from the Wisconsin State Fair. Steve's Committee, Sandy Max, Bank Five Nine Studios, joining us in the studio. I love this. They'll be here next Friday as well. Bill McCaughan, Republican strategist, Joseph Pecky on the Democratic side. Football season started, Joe. I
2: may need to find a fill-in oh, next week. We may have. We I, may have a I call in. May have a conflict
1: with <laughs> our uh, preseason scrimmage. Yeah, tra- like training
0: camps, That's right. right? Yeah, and August is the is the day, right? August one. Yeah. Is
1: there an yeah. ESPN net breaking training <laughs> on uh, uh, Whitnall High well, School? I'd
0: love to see a behind the scenes with
1: Joe. I would. I would
0: would watch that. Yeah, I would too. All right, some serious questions. Um, This debate's happening on the 23rd in Milwaukee, first one Republican side, and you had a great question, Sam. Well, I
3: was watching a lot of the coverage of the arraignment yesterday and obviously the political ramifications, but the legal ramifications now, we've been all wondering, will he or won't he? Will Trump come and participate in the debates? There's now a very interesting legal angle of if Trump and Pence are on the stage if this case comes up at all, there are restrictions on what Trump can interact with, any potential witness. right? And then, so, and then obviously whatever Pence could say. So would someone have to leave the state? It's just this really fascinating dynamic because the next hearing isn't until what, August 29th, I think?
2: Yeah. Well, here, so
3: it's just a fascinating I, I hadn't
2: considered conundrum. this, but here's what I'm pretty confident in saying. One of those gentlemen can pull it off and act like a grown-up, and that person is Vice President Pence, right? So I could see in an interaction the Vice President Pence turning to former President Trump and saying, Mr. President, I was honored to serve in your administration, I worked with you for four years, I'm going to follow the law just as I always have and always did, and we're not going to talk about this case. I'm going to make my case to the American people, and that would make him look like the grown-up in the room,
1: because you know former President Trump wouldn't like that if he was on the stage. Yeah, and then Trump says you were weak and didn't do the right thing, and the crowd goes wild, right? I mean, it's just...
3: And the circus continues, The circus
1: continues. It's a stunning situation we find ourselves in.
3: There was another aspect that I heard recently uh, that I hadn't thought of, is you just mentioned that Tucker podcast, Tucker podcast, Tucker Carlson has a podcast, and that would Trump make a chess move and go, I'll be on your podcast mm, the night of August twenty fourth. Oh, he'll counter-program somehow. all of that... Out of the political process.
1: I don't know if he does it the night of, Sandy, but I could see him, him do it the night before. Mm-hmm. So I, he wants to drive that debate without being there. And frankly, he probably already has. All, several of the questions will be about him, his legal status, about January 6th, about will they pardon him. I mean, you don't want to waste your time. If you're trying to talk to a national audience for the first time, answering questions about a guy you're competing against. But that's the situation we're in right now.
0: That debate coming up August twenty third. A question: um, We had somebody had mentioned scandals around Biden. Was that was that you? Really? Yeah. 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 Might so have been. So surprising <laughs> that that was my caution. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, a texter says that's all manufactured nonsense to oh, date. Oh, baloney! There's, Correct. There's no evidence to date, much like the election fraud allegations. No evidence. I will say this: If there's something there, discover the it boat. and treat him the same way as anybody else. There actually was news on this this week that the House Oversight Committee
2: released the transcript where someone who was in the room when Biden was on the phone with Hunter testified under oath before Congress. Hunter was just showing off that he could get his dad on the phone and none of the conversations were about business. It was pleasantries. It was the weather. It was the geography. Where are you? And it really undercuts the nonsense that Republicans have been doing in trying to
1: connect the dots between Hunter's poor choices and his father for the texture who called in look up chapter 19.45 in the Wisconsin statutes under those statutes you would see that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden would have violated the Wisconsin ethics code already is it Just, because
0: of the access to that higher
1: office Yes, yeah, an elected official can't use his position his or her position to uh, get financial gain for themselves or or their family members. So the mere act of participating in business meetings for his son was to help his son's business. That would have been a violation of Wisconsin ethics law. He
2: didn't Clear know where his cut. kid was. That's when your kids call ridiculous. you and you can answer the That's phone, ridiculous.
1: you do. To, to believe Joe's theory, you have to believe that the Vice President of the United States wasn't briefed on who he was about to attend a meeting with. There's no chance of Who happened. his son was going to a meeting with in the year yeah, after no Bo, chance. In the year it after would have been Bo on died. Line by line for his daily schedule where he I'm, was going to be. I'm Bill
0: on this. They have a pretty detailed schedule. They know 100%. what they going to be doing almost minutes a minute in the day. Now he may not know who the son has gathered around him. And that's the point.
2: In the year after Bo died, Hunter who has had addiction troubles throughout his life was in a very bad place. And we see over and over again instances where Joe Biden is trying to be a good father and help his son. And if he calls, he picks up the phone. Help his son gain
0: millions of dollars. All right, we'll leave it at that for this topic. We're going to switch gears, grab bags, so you guys can surprise us with your State Fair memories or whatever, maybe you had a great week. We'll hear what the guys have to say. Bill McCaution, Joseph Pecky, Stephen Sandy, broadcasting live for the Wisconsin State Fair. Joining us live at the Wisconsin State Fair, Stephen Sandy, that is Bill McCaution, Joseph Pecky, having fun on a Friday. I can't believe it's Friday already, and the weekend awaits, but... Uh, we got a full week of shows coming up next week, and, and uh, I announced it earlier this morning. The governor of the state of Wisconsin will join us about 9.40 in this very studio, Bank 5.9 Studios, at State Fair, 9.40 next Wednesday. So looking forward to that conversation. And, as promised, grandson Max will ask a question of the governor. So I'm, nice. I'm curious what he's going to ask him.
1: Yeah, B- vetoes? Vetoes? Is he going to ask about Vetoes? <laughs> I, I don't
0: think so. He's going to ask him how many tax
1: brackets there should be.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to he going to ask why he didn't get a tax cut? Yeah, I that. think
0: he's going to ask why he's not here at the same time because he can't. Mac, Max is going to be fully enmeshed in some other activity. Ah. So that we tried to make it work so they're both in the same place at the same time. We he's can't. a hard kid to book. The kid is busier than me now. <laughs> Superstar Max, young Max. All right. Uh grab bag we do it every Friday. Bill, you can start us off.
1: Uh two uh, shout out to Sherry Husa. She's a retiring president of Managed Health Services here in the state of Wisconsin. She had the position for 14 years, did a phenomenal job. I went to a retirement party at the Wisconsin Club last night. Great friend. She's got more chapters yet to write in her book, and uh, congratulations to her. My State Fair story, 1994, I was managing Tommy Thompson's uh, third re-election campaign. He was running to be the th- first ever, and still is, the only person elected to, to a third four-year term in the state of Wisconsin. We decided to film an ad at State Fair, and we did it right here on the main midway, and I'm telling you, he was like walking the midway with Elvis Presley. We couldn't make it two feet in any direction without him being swarmed. It was the most fun ad we had. It was the most memorable ad we had. It was obvious in August of that year we were going to win by a huge margin, and we did. We ended up winning with the second highest total in state history, 67%, but it all started right here at the State Fair.
0: I love that, and and I always like to remind people you were his chief of staff. You were the youngest youngest ever in the United States, right?
1: Yeah, and youngest cabinet secretary in Wisconsin history. Still. Now look at me. The old gray-haired guy. (laughs) You're
0: still looking good, though. I see see all your workout videos Um. that you put on social media. All right, Joe.
2: Good luck to the Shorewood Little League 12 and under All-Stars. Ooh. They are the state of Wisconsin state champions. They won in thrilling fashion last week and are now representing Wisconsin in the Little League World Series. Nice. Their first game is today. we got a bunch of the neighbor kids on the team. Great group of kids, great group of coaches and family supporting them. Uh, if you're in Shorewood, I believe Three Lions Pub will be having a little watch party because they're on ESPN Plus later today. Very Check cool. it out and uh, uh, it's cool to see a little 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 village like Shorewood representing the whole big old state.
0: We didn't mention it, uh, but the Wisconsin Supreme Court has shifted as of Tuesday with uh, Judge Janet Prosiewicz being sworn in, shifting the court from conservative sort of to uh, liberal leaning. Um, quick thoughts on that.
1: Bumpy start, right? The whole story this week wasn't about the shift in the court, it was about... Them replacing the the director of the state courts, Randy Koshnick, who was a he's done it for a while, right? He was he's yeah. done it for fourteen years. He was a he was a, a judge for eighteen years prior to that. I mean, it was it was uh, highly partisan and it and it stepped on their own story. And we've already talked longer about it than ninety nine point nine 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 percent
2: of Wisconsinites even thought about it because there were some other big news this week that kind of drowned everything out. But
0: beyond that, I mean, I I get it. Republicans are going to be angry about that because, you know, this is a a court that has leaned their way for 15 years. In the significance of what voters, residents, all of us are going to experience in this new reality for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, what does this mean? Uh, A new day
2: has dawned. I I mean, you, you can't deny that, I think. Cases that were not getting heard before may get heard now. You may see some cases interpreted differently under the law. We got to see. Uh, you know, this this is a long road. These are ten year terms. It's a full two years. not until twenty twenty five, right? When there's another state supreme court race, which I'm actually a fan of. I. I said it during the race. I think we both did. Like it's kind of nuts the way these state supreme court races have become so political and so partisan. Now they can get to work for two years. And we'll see what happens.
1: All right, last thoughts. Buckle up, man. <laughs> if, it, if week one is any indication, it's going to be a highly partisan court. And you know, elections have consequences. Don't ever forget that,
0: gentlemen. I always say this is my favorite hour of the week, and that continues today. Uh, great stuff as always. Wisdom shared from both sides of the political aisle. Joseph Zapecki, Democrat. Democratic side, Bill on the Republican side. Let's You're eat. Right, <laughs> let's <you laughs> let's eat. Go to i got two more hours of show to go. We're just getting started on this Friday edition for the Wisconsin State Fair. Join us after this.